Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group. Realtor I'm a business scaler. I, you know, I'm blessed to have, you know, talk to a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, talk to them about the hurdles. But I mean, where I add value is people that have an established business that, you know, maybe, you know, 2 million might be 50 million and help them 10x that business in the next year or two. That, that's what I've done repeatedly. Um, it, you know, companies that have good good market pro- product market fit already. Um, in some cases, the point that we've taken them public as well. So, you know, we like to grow things big. So you, you're you a marketer, but also you've you've had companies that like I, the, your IDX platform. I mean, how, how would you you quantify, I guess, because it's not necessarily a marketing company. It's a it's a platform that you it's a marketing technology company. And so, okay. um, I mean, my day to day now and for the last three years has been running a company called Showcase IDX. And so okay. um, realtors, real estate agents across the U.S. and Canada, it's it's the piece that helps make their website, you know, gives them that home search that consumers use. If you don't have yeah. a website that a consumer will use, um, they're going to bounce and go to Zillow. And then, as you know, your business, you know, you're going to have a competitor always calling them. So that's, that's, that's the marketing tech. But before then, I mean, I've been part of many, many businesses, both as a founder, an entrepreneur, uh, a leader. And um, between those roles and many cases investing, I've been part of the sale of more than 60 companies before. Wow. So um, I've been able to, to, to be through a lot of, see a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. And um, you know, that, that's why it's like, well, I personally am a scaler. If I get into something like with Showcase IDX, we're going to help grow that and, and scale that very quickly. Um, I find what often helps from really like conversations that like you and I are having is for that entrepreneur, for somebody that has a business or wants to start one, realize, hey, the, the, the road that they're going to have in front of them is not going to look like social media. It's not going to look like the PR pitch that comes from the two or three full-time people, press people for somebody like a Mark Zuckerberg that just show the good. They need to know the ugly because those days are going to come. Oh, definitely. And well, let's let's talk about the, the the good and the ugly. Who was a young Kurt? I mean, uh, talking about teens. You mean younger guy? Who was a young Kurt? Was he like an entrepreneur? We're trying to build businesses, trying to solve problems. Or who was a young Kurt? Yeah, um, depends on how young you want to go. I I, I kind of joke. My my first job was when I was six or seven. I actually built hours to Bell Labs, the Apple and the Google of the day. My dad worked for them and would help take the complex ideas from the engineers and put them in place. He helped actually build the first uh, cell phone network uh, based on a network called Amps. And so he would take me in, take me in um, when I was six and seven and uh, I solved the problem. And my dad, in a true business perspective, said, well, he saw something we haven't been able to do. So uh, he gets consulting dollars for it. Um, but that wasn't a business. My first real business came when I was 14. And so, yeah, I was doing the thing that a lot of us have done is um, I was really good at selling lawn care business, too much business that I could, couldn't fulfill. So I ended up um, I'd sell sell lawn care, I'd sell pressure washing, and I would employ my friends from high school to work for me to the point that I ended up selling off that business when I went to college. And I had started another business with my brother during that time as well. So I've always kind of found a fit even very early on and realized what I'm good at and where I'm not good at things or where I realized that, you know, there's only so much, so much any one of us can do. You bring in other people to help. <clears throat> What do you think the driving force was in starting the lawn care business? Was your your parents? Was it internally? Was there a big why for you? Um, well, I, I mean, fourteen, especially as it continued, you know, started to get towards the car. Um, it was a combination of being bored. Um, my family tends to not sleep a lot. My dad was blessed with the ability; he only slept an hour to an hour and a half a night. 
um, most of my early childhood until he had cancer for the actually the first time he started sleeping about three hours a night after the second time he started sleeping much more like a normal person. Um, so I don't know whether by nature or nurture, I'm blessed with not having to sleep a lot. And so you tend to get bored even at a young age. And if you don't do something productive, you get into bad habits. Um, but the other side, like I said, getting towards a car, you know, and even in high school, I wanted spending cash. And so I realized pretty quickly, it's like, if I wanted a car, if I wanted to not, um, you know, not have to follow somebody else pass, well, all I needed to do was go pick up another 10 houses we did lawn care for because the margin was pretty good there. Okay. <laughs> Hour to, to three hours a night. I, sl I sleep about three to four a night now. Okay. Three to four. So what, what time do you go to sleep? Uh, usually 11 to 1130. And then I'll, I'll get up to an early gym workout, spend some quiet time. Uh, I'm a man of faith. So I tend to spend a little time in the Bible in the morning when I can have coffee. And then I make it to the gym by five or five 30. Okay. And then at an the evening, what are you, what are you doing at that time? Staying up that till one thirty. Uh, if I'm when I'm trying to be the, the you know the, the man I would like to be, I'm helping my wife out as much as possible because she's had a hard day with the kids um, and running our house and a few other ventures we have. Um, and then uh, we have a, a, a eight week old at home and a two and a half year old, so uh, they're a, they're a little bit of a handful. So, do you ever? I mean, so you're having coffee in the morning. I mean, do you ever feel like you're come you come down from it throughout the day, or is it like a where's the energy come from? And that seems like a, a lot. I mean, I could be totally wrong. You're different bodies, different, different mentalities, different things like that. Do you have a come down period? Uh, usually not. I mean, I will have kind of my, my dad used to call them recharge days. His was kind of once a month. Mine tends to be maybe every two to three weeks. Sometimes it may be sleeping a little bit more. Um, it's at the very least making sure I have kind of like a true kind of Sabbath or downtime or I do things that I enjoy or want to do lawn work, I, which I actually enjoy that. That's not work for me. Um, but some of it is like, I love what I do. I love what I do both with like the operations for our main company, but I spend a lot of time because I have incredible people on my team. So I get to work with in our case. It's real estate agents, realtors, or, you know, the marketing teams that often they're, are employed by those. And, um, so I spend a lot of time, you know, basically almost pro bono. I mean, in the end they are customers, but, but working with those people and helping them with their marketing strategy, just cause I love doing that. I mean, I actually, I didn't realize it before I came into like real estate that like most agents are independent contractors and that, you know, they're all basically, you know, they're all ind independent business owners. Then you have teams and stuff and, you know, you have brokerage uh, brokerages and small and large, but for an individual agent, most of them, it's all on them. They may get a, help, a lot of help. They may get a little help from their broker. Um, but, but they're looking at things themselves and trying to figure figure out the world. And I love being able to help help cohorts of those people. It's usually not one-on-one -on -one, kind of understand where they're at or where they're stuck. I find a lot of people, whether they're in real estate or um, not from an entrepreneurial perspective, they're stuck. They just don't know the next couple of steps to take and they just need the lamp to be shown the couple of steps in front of them that they need to take. Or in some cases, here's the three things that they need to do and they just need to do it repeatedly for the next 90 days. No, yeah, I totally agree. I, I mean, I have to rewind a little bit because I'm still so intrigued by your 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 middle amount of sleep. Uh, do you have? I mean, because because you want to give back, and you talked about it, need that little help. You want to help these people get to where they need to get to. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm assuming you have a, a boundary of of life work kind of balance. So do you have time frames that you are allowed? 
or you allow yourself to talk to your clients, talk to your employees. Because if you're going to sleep at 1130 at night and waking up at, at let's say, 334, mm-hmm. most people are probably still sleeping yep. before you go to before before you go to sleep and then after you go to sleep or after you wake up. So do you have like a time frame in mind that you're OK with like talking to people or reaching out to people? Um, if I'm going to do face to face conversations with people, you know, or anything or phone calls, um, those are going to be much more kind of limited. Um, I do work with showcase IDX full time. And so, especially if they're outside of real estate, they're going to be off hours usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my wife and I tend to, we believe in stewarding our, our time and our skills the same way most people, uh, steward their, uh, their, uh, their money and finances. So you have a budget for your finances. We have a budget for my time and her time, um, mm-hmm. that considers our skills. Like by all means, there are times where, you know, like we, we do a fair bit of, uh, of charity where missional work as well. There are times where it makes sense for me to say, go dig a ditch and help somebody because that's the best way I, I can do. But to a lot of places, based on the skills I've been blessed with, like that's not a good use of my time. So my wife and I kind of have a, a rough budget about, you know, where to your point, where I can spend time and where I can't. Like I'm, I'm based in Atlanta. It's seven o'clock here. My wife knew ahead of time, like this was one of my nights where um, I, I'll work as late as I kind of want to. Um, but we have that discussion usually beforehand because I've, I screwed up early, early in my life and early in re- past relationships because I love what I do. So I would always want to be working. And then when I was not working, I felt like, you know, or, you know, when I was working, I felt like, gosh, I should be, be spending more time on the personal side um, with partners. And then when I was in that personal time, I felt like, God, I should be working or helping others. And so what I realized was I had to steward that time. And so my wife and I tend to look at things and say, here's a couple of nights a week that um, I don't need to help with the kids. I don't, you know, she and I may not interact as much. I go up for dinner and come back and I'll work really late. And that allows me to get up, get ahead a few more hours. But I like to now in my life spend as much time with her. I really like her. I mean, that's why she's my wife and our kids as much as possible. And then when they shut down, um, you know, then use th- activities or may not be real time with people, but uh, email is really good for me. Slack's really good for me as well. And so, I mean, a lot of times from a coaching perspective, there are times you need to be hands-on one-on-one with people. Um, and I'll, I'll try to schedule those. Usually like I said, those will be cohorts, groups of people, 10 of us at a time. Um, and so I'm, I'm helping coach a couple of people. And usually it's not one person that has a problem. One person may have a problem and two or three others may have the exact problem, but maybe eight of them have something that's very, that's very relatable that they're learning in those conversations. And so I'd like to multiply time but I mean, if, if I was helping you with part of your business, I, there's a lot where you could tell me what's going on by email and we could interact that way. So when I'm up at 11 o'clock at night, even though you may not be working, you'll get an email the next morning. And so you can find time for like those relationships. How did you uh, um, understand the way you look at time? Was it earlier? I mean, how you define time? Because it sounds like you at earlier relationships you had <laughs> you enjoyed work so much that maybe you maybe didn't give as much time to those people. Uh, how did you come across to figure out this is how I need to look at time? Um, I ruined, I ruined a really important relationship in my life at that time. Um, because I mean, I, I, the closest thing I can imagine to say it is like work was my God. I loved it. I, I mean, I went home. That's effort. I mean, relationships take work, you know, there's not, not always good, good sides. But I'm at work and I, I killed it at work. I mean, we took a company at that time from 85 million a year in revenue to 1.44 billion in revenue. We had taken it public during that time. Um, later then we uh, we took we sold that public company for 8.1 billion. 
I mean, so I mean, it, it was praise after praise. And so it just draws you in. And, you know, only through that, that I kind of realized the after effects of what that did to personal relationships. And at kind of at that same time, I had a mentor who had stepped into my life, not for the personal side, but really from a business side that had been guiding me in some things. But um, he was one of those people that I, I started to find out. Um, he had gone through some of the struggles that I was at right then, had found out early enough in, in his relationship that he was able to save those relationships and kind of pointed me out, you know, as things went south for me, he, here's the, here's other people have, can make their own choices, but Kurt, here's back in your history where this started to go south for you. And that was your choice. And you kept choosing this path that kept taking you from where you would want to be. And um, I mean, from a mentor perspective, he opened up very personal things, um, which is, I think what you have to do when that wasn't coaching, that was mentoring really, where he kind of shared the good, the bad and the ugly um, and helped me see the choices I was making now that likely where they were going to lead and um, has actually actually stayed with me um, through through those relationships and things later for many years. Um, we don't have that type of, same type of relationship now. We live in different parts of the country, but I still, I mean, it's probably been about five months since I had a call with him just to be like, hey, I just want to touch base. And first thing from him was, is everything okay? Or are we solving a problem? And it's like, no, everything's okay right now. We just, I just really wanted to catch, touch base. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think, I mean, that's something... Uh, um, another one of my one of my coaches told me was even having dialogue with a, another person like your partner, yeah. right? Is asking him, okay, do you want me to listen? Or yep. Do you want me to help you solve it? And so yep. it's interesting that your your coach would kind of say something similar to that everything okay, or we're we looking to solve it. Yeah. Um, now, have you always had coaches in your in your life, or is that only uh, later in life, or where did when did that come about? Kind of. I did have a coach coach step in about 15 in my life, and I didn't realize how much she taught me about life and business. Um, she would not have considered herself necessarily a coach. She would have considered herself that's just that that was just helping people. Um, but I, you know, I, I may I did not really have a first kind of mentor in my life until the gentleman that I mentioned. I mean, I I learned a lot in business because I was hired in to work uh, for a woman who worked for a gentleman named Saladin Khan. He was one of the smartest men that I've ever known. Um, he, uh, chief strategy officer for the company I mentioned, we grew so much. And so he guided me and kind of coached me from a business perspective, but that's different than a mentor where um, like, like Saladin, um, it benefited him when I perform better at work. That's different than a lot of times I view a mentor or a coach, like their job, whether, whether you're paying for that or a lot of cases, those are just, you know, kind of pro bono free relationships that, that are struck up. Um, my success or my failure doesn't impact them in any way. Um, and so the first time I had that was the gentleman I mentioned. I was probably 32 at that point. I wish I had had them earlier. How, how did you come across him? Um, in that case, I had asked him a number of years earlier to actually serve on a board for me. I st uh, had started an internal company within the, our public company focused on video games and um, had started a mobile game uh, initiative for uh, for a large industry group, and I needed some people for the board. And um, I had kind of crossed this man, Don, throughout that time. And so I asked him to come sit on that board. And so we just kind of became friends. And then literally down the line, um, we kind of moved into more of a business relationship that then became mentoring. I didn't even realize it was actually mentoring at the time when I like it was this kind of awkward conversation where we'd been having uh, dinners like at least once a month for, I don't know, 15, 16 months. And I felt like I needed to have this conversation like, 
hey, so like, like at this point, I'm actually, I was actually working a little bit with him. I was getting some referral dollars for helping him with some businesses. And um, I was like, I asked him, like, would you be my mentor? And he was kind of like, what did you think these dinners were had been? <laughs> and I mean, I felt really awkward. And he let me sit in that awkwardness, which was good and bad as well. And I was like, well, I don't know. But I, that's why I thought we needed to have the conversation. Like, are we dating or what here type of thing? Did, did you have any any intention or any thoughts by when you asked him to be on your board that you would uh, build this friendship, this mentorship, anything like that? No idea whatsoever. Um, and because I hadn't, I didn't have that intention then. I I I made a point to then as I continued my career to then have those conversations up front. Like after that company, I ended up joining a company called Vitru that we eventually ended up selling to Oracle. And um, it was just networking connections who kind of introduced me to the CEO who ended up hiring me. Um, when I, when he made me the offer, that was kind of part of the conversation, which was like, what's our relationship going to look like? And, and it was very much of a, Hey, you're working for me, but I want, I want to grow you. He, he wanted to grow me as kind of a mentee to be him in, in a number of years. Um, but I, and then we had to kind of have, I think it is important to have relationship defining conversations. It's good to know where people sit. I ended up, uh, uh, now my wife, we ended up keeping um, two of his boys at different times in Sunday school for years on end. And so like, that's a different dynamic than when I'm working for this gentleman and he's then coaching me on business stuff outside of there. And now I'm kind of coaching his kids in Sunday school. Like that was another relationship defining thing. Like, is this going to impact our other relationships? Because I don't want it to. And um, in that case, his case, he was like, well, life is, I'd seen what business and family looked like for him. He was like, there's no reason these shouldn't overlap. Any of these people would say that's business. It's not, you know, it's not personal. And he was like, I would never work with those people nor hire them. Hmm. Do you, if someone's listening right now and maybe they're trying to find their path and they're looking for a mentor, I mean, is there things that you've figured out in like the process? Is it, I mean, better to work with the person? Is it trying to find the right person you, you want to be or any kind of advice you would give? I think if you, if you have a good guidance about where you want, about like what you want to be in, in, in five years or 10 years with your business, um, that's very helpful for looking for the type of person to seek out um, people that have been successful. And that for me, I think defining what success looks like is important. I mean, the company I mentioned, we took public, I worked with people that there's no way I would ever want their personal life. I saw their mm -hmm. personal life. I saw, you know, I have a lot of, of friends who were, you know, worked with some of the big accounting firms where like kids almost didn't know their parents. Like they were so yeah. you know gone and like, well, you may have been financially successful, but but did that person actually have success as you would want it? Well, a lot of times when somebody has had the, had that kind of combined success and you go and talk to them saying, I'd like to be you, Vinny, in 10 years, people are open for at least a conversation or two. Um, I might not start with that in that first meeting about, hey, would you be my mentor? But usually I will say I'm looking for somebody to help coach me to become you, um, you know, find the success maybe do it faster or not go with some of the struggles you've had. Um, and it's always to me, it's always on the mentee uh, or potential mentee to follow up. And so you're looking for something in that conversation that says like, Hey, what should I change or do? Um, and then you want to report back to them. I mean, one of the things that I found and where I will start a relationship with somebody and drop it off over time is if like, 
it's on them to set up the next meetings. That's on them to do their homework. Like yeah. there are times that I'm, ha- I, I, I've been a coach. There are times that I will bring in cohorts of people and I will take a retainer and work people through. But if, if I'm mentoring you, um, as I love to do, um, that's, that, that's, that's a pro bono thing. There's no, nothing for that. And so in that case, I'm only going to continue investing in you if you're investing in yourself. And that doesn't mean you have to do everything I say, but it means that you need to follow through on the things that we're talking about or tell me why it didn't make sense for you. Have you seen any change in the percentage of time? I know you talked about kind of giving back to I mean, your community, giving back to uh, <clears throat> even people, and then also building your businesses. I mean, have you, and I know you're, you do speaking engagements, everything like that. I mean, do you see a balancing act of what you're doing and more going towards one direction than maybe another direction that you were going five years ago, 10 years ago? Uh, I'm doing a little, I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm much more focused now. I mean, 10 years ago, I had a lot more side hustles. I was invested in a lot more, um, you know, angel, angel investment companies, Mm -hmm. um, some more cash flow businesses, um, but I found I was I was too divergent in my day then. It, it's, it was hard for me to just write an investor check and not not jump in. Um, and so even though I had a full time job, it kind of felt like I maybe had you know twelve jobs or twenty jobs at any one time. And I just realized I couldn't be successful with that. And so like like my full waking hours are focused on showcase IDX. I mean, and helping the businesses grow and our parent company grow. Um, so outside of there. I'm, I'm shifting much more of my time away from mentoring or coaching individuals and more mm-hmm. towards writing. So like on my website, I, you know, I say in the next six months, you'll probably see another, see 50 to 60 articles come out on wow. high achieving servant leadership. A lot of them I've, dri- I've drafted, you know, 70 to 80%. I just need to find time to finish them off. I'll start some videos and things, but I'm looking for ways that I'm not scalable when I'm working with just one person or when I'm working with 10, but when I start to put, give the content for free um, and, you know, I may do some courses at some point. Well, well then that's an easier way to help 10,000 people at once. Like you're doing with your podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you never know. Someone can listen to this right now, you know, in, uh, in two years, five years from now, whatever it might be. Yeah. I mean, talking about down the road, I mean, where do you see yourself and, and your company and your family in, in, in five years from now? Um, I mean, I, I'm going to continue being an operator just with, you know, with, with, um, hopefully with the company we're at, I mean, the company we're at our parent company, I mean, I, I could see it being, my, being a retiring company and, you know, eventually like I was with the company that I mentioned, we, we took public and grew so much for 10 and a half years. I've done some, I've done other things, but, um, but I, you know, when there's a great team and we've built an incredible team, um, and I work with for an incredible leader as well. Um, like there's no reason to go anywhere else as long as I'm continuing to add value, um, complete flexibility. So I'm hoping I'm still at the same company, um, in, in, in 10 years, but, um, but I do see, I do see I'll continue to do more, more speaking, more, uh, engagements. There'll probably be a book or two that comes out. Um, and we'll, my wife and I'll spend a little bit more time with that. The nice thing about having a lot of jobs nowadays, especially for those of us that are kind of top, top performers, nobody cares where we work from. Um, I mean, I have, fr- I have friends that are fractional CMOs. So they, they're, they're part-time CMOs for, for big companies. Now, you know, 50 million, hundred million dollars in revenue. They're booking out more than 24 months ahead, more than two years ahead um, before they'll start an engagement. Wow. And, and, and the companies are like, of course, and the, nobody cares when these people come in, you know, do you come in our office? Of course, some point you need to come with leadership, but they're like, we we're so good at working remote nowadays. 
my wife and I want to do a road trip, we'll go do a road trip. And so that I think will work very well with more speaking engagements as well. I mean, last summer, uh, even during with COVID and all, um, my wife and I, I was the keynote speaker for an industry conference in South Dakota. That was great. It was a mini vacation for us. Um, we, uh, she had never been to South Dakota. The industry group loved it. Um, and my company, you know, was more than happy with me taking a couple hours out of a day to go give a keynote speech because um, I worked the rest of the time. Where do you see, I mean, websites going? Do you see a change? I mean, I had someone on the podcast more recently talking about uh, metaverse and virtual. I mean, do you see that there's going to be any kind of correlation to like the showcase IDX or uh, looking at properties or where you go in five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it might be? I mean, I don't think websites are going away. Um, And I I see, but I also, you know, I I mean, I I have a metaverse that I log into on a daily basis that I work with others on, that I have an avatar and I have a desk. And um, it's actually really great and productive for being able to work with different parts of a team. Um, It doesn't, there's times where I do want to see people's faces. And so that that makes a lot of sense as well. But I do love the flexibility that it gives. But, you know, it's like when people are looking for a home or they're, vetting a realtor i mean in your case it's like there's there's some point where they do want to talk to you but there's a lot of that interaction that's taking place with videos with text that that may make sense at a, in, a, in a completely in a metaverse at some point but i think it's going to be much more of people continue to work with um social networks with websites that are hubs and when it makes sense they may bounce over to more of a vr type of experience so like, kind of like a, homes i mean there are places yeah. where i mean like there are home searches which work great I mean, even now there, but it takes the agent often to do a and pay for a 360 camera view. Like that's much different than just seeing pictures in an MLS. And so IDX is still work with that. Does that work better if you can perhaps bounce somebody from your website into more of a VR metaverse experience? Maybe. Uh, but I mean, I was uh, looking at a property where the agent was remote and the agent was walking me around through their phone doing the property with me. Great. It was in a different state. That was the only way I was going to view it. So would that have worked better in a metaverse? Maybe. But yeah, I, I, I use a daily. I use one daily right now and it is, I did not think I would like it as much as I do. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, <laughs> if someone knows, I mean, to think that we know where technology going and things like that. I mean, I, I <clears throat> before COVID, I thought the market was going to be totally different than it is now. So, I mean, if we had a crystal ball, We'd be very wealthy. Yeah. Uh, if you could look back at your at your younger self, that one that was just getting out of college and kind of starting on their journey, is there any advice you think you'd give to him? Yeah. Um, and even before I got out of college, I uh, I came within 20 hours of a, of a biomedical and electrical engineering double major from Vanderbilt and dropped oh. out. And uh, oh. looking back, I really wish I would have uh, finished that degree off. Um, and uh, But at, my, at that time... I had a view of what my career was going to look like an engineer, whether engineering or BME sat in basically a cubicle or kind of a closet and did their work. And nobody said, gave me the idea that said, gosh, you know, you could go get an MBA or you could be, you know, you could be more on the business side with this backing. If you kind of finished off the certifications, I I really wish then um, either, you know, maybe my sophomore, junior year or right after I got out of college, I'd have gone and found some people that, that were doing the job that I could have had. And just said, hey, can I just follow you for a couple of days? I mean, 
it's so easy to do couch surfing right now. It's like, I've had, I've had a lot of free interns that have come to me and said over the years, and when I say a lot, I mean, dozens that have come and said, Hey, I know you don't have a job for me, but can I just show up at the office and you find things for me to do? And we usually limit those to three or six month engagements. Um, and I'm like, so they, they basically work for free and figure out what they want to do. Now, what I've heard from them is, Hey, those of us that came through, some people don't stay. They're like, that moved me five to 10 years farther down the line in my career than I would have otherwise. Um, they got a lot of hands on things. They got their first job that none of their friends would have got because they had proven portfolios from working with me and somebody that could vouch for what it was like in an office. I wish I would have done that. Yeah. I mean, well, do you, what, what gave you that trigger of dropping out? I mean, do you remember the moment that, I mean, I know you thought about in the future, but was there something that, that made you think about it? I don't know if something made me think about it. I mean, I always have friends that are a little bit older than me. So I did have friends starting to graduate, but I mean, yeah. this was at the end of, you know, this is approaching Christmas is when it kind of really struck me. Um, and so it was like, it was January then and I was out. I mean, I was an athlete in three sports. I gave my coach basically two weeks notice and left. Um, I mean, wow. it was a head tilt to everybody. Um, I mean, I, I, I really don't know what triggered it. Um, for better or worse, my dad encouraged it. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he, he was, he was an incredibly smart, uh, man, both, uh, like, like book smart, but also with just wisdom, um, that did not go to college, but yet like, like was immaculately successful and everybody had two degrees that worked for him even, um, or most of them. And he was like, look, if you don't think you're going to like your job, uh, for what you're doing, like go, like take a couple months off, take six months off and figure it out might not have been the best advice because um, it gave it rather than rather than forcing me to have the conversation even with him about why and what was triggering it and and what was that real or was that just fear uh, or was it a falsehood he basically just gave me a, 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 an out and I pulled the ripcord for the parachute and, and dropped out well well I mean I guess let's put it this way then if, if one of your children were in your situation at that time uh, in that situation at that time, what would you say to them? Uh, I, 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 you know, at that point we were already, I was just starting into the next semester. It would have been, we're finishing out this semester because when we start things, we finish then. We're men and women of our word. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that you have to continue down this path. Um, so let's have some intentional discussions about why you're, why you're wanting to go a different way. And, 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 work, and so that when you're, when you're done with this semester, and you finished well, I mean, finishing well, whatever we start is important to me. When you finished well, if you want to do something different, we would have figured out by then, you'll you'll know what that next step is, and I'll help you with that next step. Hmm. Well, talking about next steps, if someone's listening right now and they're looking to, to grow their online presence, find out more information about your speaking engagements, find out about maybe uh, some books you're writing in the future, whatever it might be. I mean, what's the best way of them um, reaching out or find more information, Kurt? Uh, my website is the hub for everything. I mean, if you want more business content, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, if you want to know a little bit more about kind of my in overall life, you can follow me on Instagram. But, but my website pulls everything together. So it's Kurt Euler, U-H-L-I-R.com. Um, and of course, you can find other assets from there. But you can sign up for emails and find out about the content that's coming out. 
Um, and that's an easy way to message me too if people have questions or they're looking for resources. Or you mentioned like growing their social media presence and things. Um, I love influencer marketing. I helped start one of their early influencer marketing platforms. So I've got some videos on the site about influencer marketing and what that looked like and what I think that is going to look like. Wow. Okay. Well, look, look, I guess we'll finish off with this question then. Is there a nugget, a tidbit that if someone's listening right now and looking to, uh, to find an influencer or looking at influence marketing that they should be aware of or think about? Uh, smaller is often better. You don't need to go get a Kim Kardashian size audience. Uh, one, you'll pay for the roof for it. But there's a lot of people that uh, that, that seem to have uh, pretty large audiences, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers or subscribers. And uh, it's not necessarily real. Uh, you can fake a lot of bot traffic, but it's really costly to get in that. If somebody's wanting to work with um, an influencer, I also find it's a lot it's it's a lot more authentic of a discussion if they're talking about your brand or your product or your company uh, when it's much more kind of on the micro on the micro side. I mean, we're all influencers. I mean, yeah. if I go post something online, I mean, my family pays attention. My mother-in-law sees it. I mean, if I mention a mention a local realtor, she's going to be like, "Hey, if I'm selling my condo, should I talk to them?" Um, and so I think you know, looking at how you can engage those people. I mean, and then to some degree, be an influencer yourself, What, like what you're doing with the Road to Growth podcast. I mean, I mean you're an influencer. So it's like, people come work with Cotton, talk to you. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I appreciate the plug. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening. Thank you for, for listening to Kurt. If you if you want to do a deep dive, I almost feel like I was spying on Kurt by going on his website and reading all the information because it's, it's definitely a deep dive. You hear about uh, everything about his family, about his wife, all that kind of stuff. So it's fantastic. Um, but thank you, Kurt, for, for being here. Thank you for, for walking us through your journey. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Vinny. Enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, guys. Please subscribe, please share, and go find Kurt. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.